Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, 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 good. We beat uh, beat LSU. I suppose people are going to want to still revel in that as I'm steamrolling toward Texas A&M myself. That rejuvenated my hopes for uh, for a postseason. You know what? And I'm going to say this right off the bat. Damn you, Herb Jones. Damn you for making me fall in love all over again on Valentine's weekend. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, it was that was one of the guttiest, uh, grittiest, gutsiest, um, dare I say, yep. goober strong performances I've ever seen. I mean, <laughs> a, a one hand, two one handed free throws from a guy who's yeah. about 56% as it is. Yeah, yeah he's not um, even a good free throw shooter. Anyway, I mean that's that's that doesn't need to be lost in the shuffle. It's not exactly the guy we've wanted at the line, even when healthy. No, we we didn't want him at the line, to be quite honest with you. And you know what? I can already hear some people saying things like, "The next time he misses a free throw after his wrist is better, well, why don't you shoot it with your right hand, one handed uh, again?" Uh, uh, and I'm like, "Look, man, just let him let him have yeah. that moment forever yeah, and ever yeah, and ever." Yeah, yeah. There's magic sports moments. That was a magic sports moment. It doesn't mean that. It's going to revolutionize the way the world shoots free throws. It was just a magic moment. It happens in sports. That's why we watch sports, because if you're lucky enough, once every few months, once a year, once every couple of years, you get to see a magic moment, and we saw one. You know, and before we get into this any further, and I'm going to be honest with you, Jimmy, I'm not even 100% sure that Nyko Sports is a sponsor this week. I'm not 100% sure, because I haven't checked Let's the do it listing anyway. yet. I'm going to do it anyway, because here's my hope that the good people at Nyko Sports, N-I-K-C-O Sports dot com can get the basketball that was used yesterday by Herb Jones to shoot one hundred free throws and get it signed by Herb Jones with his off hand. With his off hand. Signed, I don't want it signed by his left hand. I want it signed with his right hand. Um, and, I, you know, but meanwhile, the ball they do have right now is the ball from Calvin Ridley from the 19, I mean, excuse me, 19, 2017, 2018 national championship game. Um, it, it's actually a ball with the emblem from the sugar bowl where we beat Clemson that year, 24 to six. Uh, but that ball is only $149 signed by Calvin Ridley. Give these folks a call. 1-800-345-2865. I'm sorry, I can't read my own writing. 1-800-345-2868 is the phone number or Nyko Sports, N-I-K-C-O sports.com. And you can go on the website or you can call them by phone. They're great people either way. The order, it doesn't matter to them which way you get in touch with them. Just get in touch with them. A football signed by Calvin Ridley, who is a number one draft pick, who won two national championships at Alabama. Pretty big deal for $149. They had less than 50 of them to start last week. They they might be practically out by now, so you need to call them today. Um, it's a hell of a ball. Jimmy, I, of all the balls out there, that's a good ball. Uh, yeah, that's what uh, Lance Armstrong said. Um, anyway, I don't, are we still doing Lance Armstrong jokes or no? I don't know. I, mean, I laughed it, a little bit. I laughed but I mean, a bit, so apparently we are. Apparently we are, and I laughed. So it wasn't funny when he was like America's poster boy, but now that we know he kind of cheated, it's kind of funnier, right? Isn't that true? Well, I'm laughing. I'm laughing. Okay. I guess that's the gauge. <laughs> but you're a deranged lunatic. Um, <laughs> that's true. That's true. So let's all let's talk. I mean, we could sit here and just 
bathe in the greatness that is Herb Jones. If, listen, <laughs> speaking of bathing, I hope that Herb Jones had no trouble. I hope that when he got back to his dorm room, there were 72 co-eds ready to, to, to help him bathe because <laughs> I, I, he deserved everything. I don't know that I've seen a performance like that from an athlete. Um, I mean, you know, Greg McElroy played with some broken ribs. I remember in the national championship game, but you know, that wasn't, it wasn't as big of a deal. The, the thing that Herb Jones coming back in meant was, okay, if we had had Herb Jones for Arkansas and Tennessee, is there any doubt we would have won those games now? No. You know, it, no. there's no doubt in my mind. And that's where I think it's so crucial. And the fact that he just came in, the, when he came in the Auburn game, it turned everything around. He is unquestionably the leader, unquestionably the glue. And because he played so admirably, everybody else stepped their game up. Yes, we gave up a big lead again. But it, it, the fact that Herb Jones came back and played doesn't dilute the fact that we still are not a very deep team. So we still are going to get tired. And some teams like LSU who are uber talented and more talented than us are going to make runs on us. And somehow, some way we survived it, which is awesome. But now we got to carry this over to Texas A&M, like you said. Yeah, we don't have any margin for error in terms of, you know, if, if we'd like to be in the NCAA tournament, there's like no real margin for error. I think there's six games left. Five and one, I think, would put us in a good spot. <laughs> but five and one with six games left. I mean, it's just like, do I hear what I'm saying? I mean, I, I don't even know how possible it is. Considering our depth, we put ourselves in this position because we lost home games to Penn and Tennessee and Arkansas. And we all know why. Even against Penn to start the year, if you remember, we had illness, we had sickness. We didn't even have our, our normal nine guys then, or your nine or ten or however many we have when we're supposed to be healthy. So we were shorthanded and sick. Then I think Alex Reese was what started out the year really banged up. He might have even missed those games. Uh, but we lose to Penn. We lose to Arkansas and Tennessee when we didn't have Herb. And it's really those three. I, I mean, you, if you if you change the outcome of those three games, uh, we would be in, we would be in. I don't even really think we'd be on the bubble. We'd just be no. In. We'd be a six. We'd be we'd be <laughs> in as of today, and that's changing three games that we lost by one possession, one possession, three losses, and we were shorthand, even more shorthanded than normal in those games. So uh, I say all that is not to make excuse. I say all that as like a bravo to Coach Oates and the team for uh, for, for cobbling together uh, what I'm going to call a competitive season with some great moments uh, because uh, – Gosh, it was so close to being really good, and, and this team had no, no, no hope to be that close. But it's through a, it's through a lot of blue collar basketball. Herb Jones, John Petty becoming a great defender, uh, the incredible freshman Jaden Shackelford, who's who's going to be you know a great player at Alabama. Kyra Lewis uh, adjusting uh, to the new speed of play, becoming a really good player uh, lately, and. Yeah, it's been fun, and, and, and there's some, some fun times left, uh, particularly if Herb gets healthy and we stay healthy. Uh, we won't be an easy out for anyone in the SEC tournament, which is another path to the NCAAs, and it's, it's winnable. Of, of all years, this will be the most winnable year for the tournament because there's, there's just no dominant teams. LSU, Auburn, Kentucky, the class of the SEC, they're all flawed teams. They're all teams that can be beaten by most of the league, not just each other, most of the league. Could could beat them on a neutral floor. So uh, 
Lots of excitement left, six games to go, two big games this week. Again, we could probably lose one, and by one, I mean of the remaining six, and get in. I wouldn't lose two, and uh, the home game against A&M is just – it's just critical. I mean, it's just critical. You can't, there's no path in when you, when you lose to someone, you'll be a solid favorite to beat. Uh, but Texas A&M is no slouch. Look at the record and it's improved uh, lately. I mean, a team playing better lately coached by an excellent coach. They'll play hard. They'll come in expecting to win. And uh, Herb is still banged up. We're still shorthanded and uh, Herb's just not going to, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how many right-handed free throws he makes Wednesday. So another big game approaching three days. Yeah, there is another big game. And A&M is not – they're not great, but they're not terrible. Yep. And um, so we cannot sleepwalk through this game. We've lost the worst. Yeah, and when we, when we say that, you know, we have to go five and one, this can't be the one. No. Because you can't be 0 and 1 be like, okay, we just got to win out because that shit ain't going to happen. <laughs> so you've got to win this game, right? That's right. That's right. Uh, I think, you know, the the two, um, but, but, you know, you, you don't expect a loss. You're not saying, hey, we, oh, it's okay if we lose this one, not in the position we're in. But of the six games left, three, I think, th- what, three at home and three on the road? And, uh, you know, w- uh, one road game is Ole Miss, one road game is Mississippi State. Is the other road is, is that right? Or maybe it's just those two road games. And we have Ole Miss and Mississippi State on the road, and I think we have South Carolina, Vandy, and A and M at home, and Missouri on the road. Games. Missouri, on, Missouri the road. on the road to end it. To end it, yeah. So we have to win two of them. I mean, you just assume that the home games, you know, are, 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 are games that will be more easy to win than the road games. So we really have to beat two of the three: Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Missouri. You know, all teams that obviously are beatable. Um, you'd have to figure Ole Miss and Missouri, you know, would rank near the bottom. So basically what I'm looking at is win all three home games, beat Ole Miss and Missouri on the road, we're probably in. But, gosh, it's, I know Ole Miss and Missouri aren't great. But they're pretty good. They're pretty good, especially at home. Missouri sort of beat Auburn at home just yesterday. Ole Miss has been hell to beat in Oxford. Uh but let's not worry about those. We, 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 you know, we got six games. We got to take them one at a time because uh, in, in, any loss could be a term, terminal at this point. So uh, it's a And M Wednesday. That needs to be the only worry. Um, yeah, there, there's no doubt. I mean, we just can't have any slip ups, and that that's the key. And you hate to be in that position, but I mean, that's just where we are. That's because um, we've had slip ups. We can't have yeah. any more slip ups because we've already slipped up. Like I said, I think to me. I know, see, this is the way I look. I know fans might say, gosh, we had Penn State beat. We had Florida beat in Gainesville. We had big leads, and and gosh, we had, you know, against that great team. I never look at it that way because, yeah, that's the way the game played out. But if we played at Penn State ten times, we're going to lose seven times, maybe eight times. If we play at Florida, we're going to lose seven times, eight times. I look at it like I don't care how the game played out. Who did we lose to that we are better than? And I would tell you we're probably better than Arkansas. We're better than Penn. We're better than Tennessee, in my opinion. Yeah. So no, I agree. So the, the, those are the games I look at. I, I know when you say, oh, if we'd only held on to our 21-point Well, that is the way the game played out. But we're also just not going to beat Florida in Gainesville 
uh, most of the time, nor Penn State on the road. So, yeah, I know, I know those ended up being, you know, change a basket here, change a basket there, we win the game. But, but the games we shouldn't have lost are the teams we're better than, and we lost to them anyway. And, and, and at home, that's Penn, Tennessee, and Arkansas. I think one way we're going to be able to gauge where the program is um, and where the fan base is with the program and Coach Oates in general is how we do on Wednesday. Because it's pretty easy for everybody to be at a fever pitch against LSU when we know Herb Jones is going to play a little more. Nobody knew he was going to play that much or that well. I mean, don't forget he had 17 rebounds with one arm too. But um, nobody knew that. And but everybody knew we were going to keep jacking threes, which we set the school record for, and we still have six games left. So that's something to be said. Um, and we knew that Trendon Watford was coming back. So a lot of people wanted to come just to boo him. And and Will Wade with his strong-ass offers coming in. I mean, all that's great. It was easy to show up for that on Saturday on, on, at 3 o'clock. What's going to right. be a test is Wednesday at six o'clock against a team that that most people don't perceive to be very good, that doesn't have right. a big name, um, that uh, you know nobody really knows. I mean, I'd be willing to bet the average basketball fan just doesn't know a ton about A and M right now. They're they're not very good, and so they're not really worth watching because they don't have a fun style either. They're going to be fun later because uh, I think they've got a good new coach, but right now they're not that much fun, and. Um, so that's going to be a test for us as a team and a coaching staff. Like, how can you respond after such a, I mean, an emotional, energizing win? How are you going to be able to come back from that? Yeah, that's that's right. I'm uh, handling success is sometimes tougher than handling the adversity. Winning when you're supposed to win. When and look, everybody's a good opponent. I mean, Vanderbilt's pretty bad, but everybody else in the SEC is pretty. Uh, it's a weird thing about this season is yeah we don't really have dominant teams at the top. We have good teams, but there's no dominant teams at the top. But but what makes a league so difficult is, you know, there's 13 tough outs. There's 13 teams in the league that you better play well or you're going to lose. So, uh, yeah, Wednesday is, uh, you know, hopefully we get a, a, a good crowd. I know Wednesday at 6 is tough because so much of our crowd comes from Birmingham and then and, and it's a work night and, and it's a six o'clock kick. I mean, you have to like leave work early to get there in time. And so hope, hopefully we'll have a good crowd and uh, and get a good win because we need to play well because uh, the following game is one of those road games, the Saturday 730 tip, I believe, at Ole Miss, um, which is which means we'll have an extremely vocal uh, drunk crowd in Oxford for 730, t- t- 730 p.m. tip. So uh, got to be playing well going in. To Oxford, which has traditionally not been a place Alabama's racked up a lot of wins. Yeah, that's going to be um, that that's going to be something very interesting. That game at seven thirty, but of course we got to get through A and M first, as we've mentioned. And something else people need to do first is call Nico Sports, N-I-K-C-O sports.com. You need to go check out this Calvin Ridley football I've been talking about for a week for one hundred and forty nine dollars. Um, I I mean, it's just something you need to get. Look, Valentine's Day is over. You probably screwed it up, let's be honest. So why don't you get that one you love, uh, Calvin Ridley signed football, which is what you know they wanted for Valentine's Day at NikoSports, N-I-K-C-O sports.com. Only $149. They only have a few of these left. Or you can also call 1-800-345-2868, 1-800-345-2868. 
2868nikosports.com. All right, Jimmy, was there anything else you want to talk about yeah, basketball-wise? Well, uh, uh, not really basketball-wise, but shout-out to the baseball team, which started out yes. 2-0. and uh, prob- I, I know, I'm assuming it might be getting rained out today. I, I don't know. But they started out not only 2-0, and but they have yet to allow a run, despite uh, the starting pitcher Friday being a freshman. The starting pitcher Saturday was a sophomore. So baseball team off to a good start as Brad Bohannon continues to rebuild that program from the ground up. He's in year three, and yes, they do look better. He's just rebuilding in the toughest division of the toughest conference, and there's just going to have to be some level of patience. The softball team is off to a a bizarre start. Uh, I think anyone jumping off the bandwagon is just crazy at this point. There's no no reason to panic. There's no reason to jump off the bandwagon. Uh, But raising an eyebrow is fair. I assure you Coach Murphy is. I mean, what's weird is – it appeared on the surface, on paper, as they say, that Alabama had the best pitching staff in the history of the University of Alabama, maybe the best one of the best pitching staffs in the history of competitive women's college softball. And these freak pitchers can't seem to get people out all the time. Uh, uh, Hannah, uh, oh, Hannah, <laughs> Montana Fouts had a, another difficult start over the weekend, <laughs> a couple of difficult starts. Uh, it's just uh and really all of them it's not like uh it's it's not like it's just been well fouls isn't pitching well really really they've they've not pitched well as a as a a staff when you thought it was going to be uh the great greatest unit of all time but you know this was this is where this my pick me up to the softball team is this we went into last year thinking defensive line was going to be the best we've had since 2012 and maybe we overshot it just like I'm overshooting it when I say we, we have one of the great pitching staffs in the history of, of college softball. Well, the offensive line didn't play great against Duke. I, I just watched it again a couple weeks ago. Just watched New Mexico State. Didn't play that great against New Mexico State as an offensive line. You're talking about somebody they should have just absolutely whipped. But we didn't run the ball that great. The pass protection was okay. But we didn't run the ball that great. And, and it's like, gosh, what, what, what's wrong with this offensive line? I don't know what fixed it. I don't know. But at some point, they did start playing well. By the end of the year, in my opinion, they were as good as any offensive line Alabama's had since 2012 at the end of the year. So let's just not give up on the softball team just yet. They'll figure it out. We've got a good coaching, good kids. They'll figure it out. The schedule's been crazy tough. They've played nothing but elite teams. Uh, and sometimes you got to work it out in practice. Sometimes you got to work it out against someone you should beat uh, before you get back to your old self. So uh, I'm not not jumping off the ledge just yet, but uh, but it has been a bizarre softball start. I think they're four and five, with the expectation being that they would be nine and zero, oh, uh, and instead they're four and five. So they do got to get better. They do got to straighten it out. But uh, but they will because th- their talent isn't something that was just projected. These girls actually are really really good they'll they'll prove it soon enough um first of all i think that what happened with the offensive line is deontay brown came back number one part of it part of it yeah and then number two haven't we played just an incredibly arduous schedule so far i mean i i'm not gonna pretend that i keep up with softball on a daily basis i mean it is we've played you know you play ucla and blah 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 that's pretty good yeah yeah the losses have been to elite teams uh and and right in the middle of it been some good wins the Washington Huskies were ranked number one in the nation. We run ruled them, beat them, yeah. which means beat them eight to nothing in, in a shortened game because 
we hammered them so bad. So, uh, so the, you know, th- there's there's been there's been flashes. Uh, they'll 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 straighten it out as they pitch better, and, and they will pitch better. Um, baseball team is up six to three as we cut this podcast right now. Uh, so I guess it didn't rain out. I mean, I'm I'm just assuming from this point forward everything is rained out because it never stops raining for any reason, and. <laughs> It is just, I mean, God, it's awful. Yeah. I mean, would it's you been a frog strangler down here in these parts? I mean, what is going on? It's not been a great weather uh, for, you know, this whole winter. It hasn't been, I mean, I'm sure it might be a little different up in your neck of the woods, but here it's, it hasn't really spent too much time being crazy cold, but it stays cool and it stays wet. And we just haven't had a whole lot of pretty days and certainly not a lot of pretty days where it's gotten warm. Um, just weird, weird, ugly weather most days. And today, Sunday, it has been raining since, since daybreak. Um, all right, Jimmy, we're going to cut this podcast a little short today. Anything else you want to throw out there right here at the uh, end of it? Football, uh, the Charlie strong, Charlie strong. Uh, oh, that is true. In, yeah. Interviewed in Tuscaloosa on Thursday and, and it's been there for a couple of days. Nothing official, but of course, Alabama, nothing really moves official. Freddie Roach must have worked for Alabama for a month before they made that official. <laughs> That's just sort of the way it works now for whatever reason. Uh, there's all this background stuff and tests, and you got to take a test. I mean, it's all this background stuff. And for whatever reason, Alabama doesn't like <clears throat> releasing it until every duck is, is, is in a row. Uh, I, I, it appears Charlie Strong will be a defensive analyst for Alabama, uh, and no, I mean, you know, when it's an analyst, it's, you got to like the price. And secondly, uh, there, it's nothing but upside his, his eyes, his way of looking at things, uh, it will all be valued. It doesn't matter that it didn't work out for him at Texas or South Florida as a head coach. He clearly knows football. He clearly knows the sport. He'll have ideas about recruiting. And what's interesting to me is here's coach Saban bringing in a defensive minded coach, a defensive court, former defensive coordinator who has no experience in his system. To me, this is Saban saying, all right, uh, what I want from you, Charlie, some new ideas. I'm not going to implement them all. I'm not going to say out with the Saban system in with the Charlie Strong system, but I want to hear some new ideas. We, We obviously, we're obviously not doing everything perfectly. The defense hadn't been that great the last two years. Yes, we've had some injury issues, but I can't help but wonder, here's my controversial, we'll leave it with this controversial statement that we'll play with all week. I'm not positive that in this new era of college football, and by new era, I mean just the past three or four seasons where we have seen this new up-tempo, spread, crazy, throw-it-around offense that everybody's got in in the RPO game especially. I'm not sure... The old school Nick Saban defense has adjusted to this RPO world, and that's uh, and and I'm not being like critical. I'm raising the question: Has Saban and his defense that he's been running since he was at Michigan State, the Cleveland Browns in '94, has has that defense adjusted to this RPO world? And if his answer is maybe it hasn't. Then bringing in Charlie Strong is a good idea because we just need some fresh ideas, some new ideas about how we're defending offenses in 2020. I think that's a that's a great idea. I mean, that's look, that's why Saban's the best. He just keeps <clears throat> reinventing himself. I mean, he's the Madonna of the coaching world. 
<laughs> he is. He is like a virgin, like a prayer. He's like both. He's um he's on the borderline. Um, how many other what what other what other Madonna songs are there? Well, he he's is on Vogue. holiday. He's on holiday as we speak. Yeah, uh, I, well, boy, I, don't, I know fewer Madonna songs than I thought I did. Yeah, I know. If you'd ask me, like, how many Madonna songs are you name? I go, oh, twenty five. And then in reality, after seven or eight, I'd be going, uh. And then there's uh, Material well, like Girl. Oh, Material. He's a Material Girl. That's good. <laughs> That's not bad at all. Um. All right, buddy. Well, we'll cut another podcast tomorrow. Want to thank everybody for listening. We appreciate you guys and um, roll tide, everybody, and, and keep reveling in this Herb Jones greatness. Roll tide.